0: all right welcome to stop questioning everything the official podcast of drug receipts Drug receipts is the brand at the convergence of art and technology we are bridging the gap between irl and url and we promote the pillars of art and subversion science and skepticism and community and sport and as always we aim to bring you content with a mind-altering substance my name is arlo eisenberg i'm your host Today is July 21st, 2022. In New Zealand, uh, it's already July 22nd. That means in New Zealand, my daughter is already 21 because her 21st birthday will be tomorrow. Um, We've got uh, a very special guest today. Uh, Kevin Quintero will be joining us. Uh, You'll be learning a little bit more about him in just a few moments here. We've also got some news updates. We'll talk about the drug inspector, uh, some updates on the uh, drx travel Co hoodie um and then at the end of the episode we will do some skeptical content so we encourage you to stick around for that if you're listening to an audio pod podcast um there will be some visual content uh kevin is a 3d visual artist so we're going to show his reel we'll be talking about some of his content and then as always throughout uh the episode we'll be sharing some slides with you so we always encourage you to join us on youtube so you can get the full experience see the uh, the visual complimentary content, uh, but we will do our best to bring you along if you are listening on an audio podcast and we'll, we'll try to paint a picture in your mind. Um, so with all that said, let's talk to you a little bit about Kevin. Uh, Kevin is a, uh, a local uh, artist actually. We're based here in Dallas, I'm based here in Dallas and he's actually a, a good friend of Jesse's. Um, and I've had the pleasure of meeting Kevin once before at the Samuel Lynn Gallery Show. But he's a 3D digital, digi- digital creator specializing in motion design and visual effects. Um, he moved from Monterey, Mexico to Dallas, Texas at the age of seven. And he's actually got a pretty extraordinary story, which we will get into in just a moment. But he's done a lot of really standout exceptional work for Undefeated, Yeezy Campus, um, Sprint, among many others. Uh, and he has a, uh, an NFT project of his own um, called Neural Heist which we will talk about. Um, But let's take a look at Kevin's uh, reel. You don't just have to take my word for it. He's He's a great artist. And then we'll bring him up and have some great conversation. Welcome, Kevin. Welcome to Stop Questioning Everything. Good to have you. It's good
1: to good to talk to you, man. Um, crazy introduction there. I don't think I've ever been introduced like that to anything.
0: Oh, really? Well, welcome. We we you know we try to uh, we try to bump up the production value here. We want we want mm-hmm. all of our guests to uh, feel like we've made it worth their while. Um, you know, as I'm watching that, as we were watching the reel there, I've watched it several times. Um, but I know that before you really focused on um, visual effects, that kind of Cinematography and filmmaking mm-hmm. was, I think, kind of where your focus was, uh, but there's some really cool cinematography in your reel as well. What is your relationship now uh, between the the actual footage, the cinematography, and the visual effects? Are you like working with directors that are coming to you and they're saying, "Hey, we want you to do this to our you know to our video," or you know, what is the relationship there? Right. So um, I started off doing visual effects, so working with
1: local like music music video directors. Um, um some of you may know german and we started just doing different effects whatever he would ask i'll kind of just like figure out how to do it and um just like that i mean i started posting work on instagram and um i just people started reaching out you know for bigger and better work every time and um nowadays i can't do any like directing myself like i used to like doing you know it's like making like all sorts of videos so like i made commercials before and i made like a bunch of like home little videos and um for a while, I was doing a bunch of corporate, you know, behind the scenes corporate shit, which is every filmmaker's nightmare, just doing doing shit that's not like, you know, you're not passionate about. So um, whenever I broke my neck, I had to transition over to um, 3D and VFX. I mean, I didn't have to, but it was just like my way of like um, basically having control over the camera, over the lens, over the lighting, over everything, basically.
0: Well, okay, so you said ever since you broke your neck, right? And that changed everything, right? So you weren't able right. to go out and shoot anymore. You had to move from your focus being the actual, the videographer to, being, to doing visual effects because you can do visual right. effects at a studio. I imagine like exactly where you are sitting right now, right? Yeah. Um, but you'll notice that in your introduction, I didn't mention, right? I didn't mention that you broke your neck. I didn't mention that you're in a wheelchair. Um, mm-hmm. And that was done deliberately, right? And it's not that that's not an important part of your identity. But I think that there'll be some interesting stuff that we can get into later about the metaverse, right? And about identity and about who we are and about the ability to kind of like shed whatever real world physical limitations are on us and just be whoever we want to be. And so the way that I presented you was kind of based on your work and what you do. And certainly your condition is a huge part of your story. Um, And since we're talking about now, let's hear it. So, uh, that fateful day, like something like five years ago, two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened? Uh, so it was a uh, May eighth,
1: twenty seventeen, and uh, at the time I was like really like into like fitness, so I was like running a lot, swimming a lot, pretty much every day. I would like, I mean, run at least five miles, and I would try to swim like one mile or so or whatever. So every opportunity I got, if it was midday, if it was two a.m., sometimes if it was twelve midnight or super early, five a.m., whatever time slot I had to run an exercise, I would, I would take it. So I remember that Monday, it was sort of like, um, a regular work day. You know, we were working with an agency, a PR agency called APC collective. And, uh, we were doing a, you know, a bunch of different work, a bunch of media work. So like graphic design and video editing and all that stuff. Um, we woke up that morning me and my partner at the time, my work partner, colleague Hector, he's also a good friend. Um, we, um, we were doing work we went uh we had a little bit of lunch and i was like let's, let's go for a walk you know like let's go for a walk in the park it's a beautiful day it's may it's springtime you know like everything just got green uh, there's flowers and shit i don't know and so we decided to go for a walk it was uh, me hector and like two of my other friends and um we were just are walking and the water looked just so enticing to me you know it was like sparkling at me you know like winking at me basically and like There's a spot that I used to always go to and just jump in every day and I would dive in all the time. And uh, yeah, just just, uh, decided to dive in and I don't know, I mean, maybe I tucked in my head a little bit wrong or um, maybe I hit a rock or maybe the tide was higher. I don't know. I don't know, whatever it was, but I hit my head whenever I dove in there and pretty much shattered my uh, C5 vertebrate. So um, yeah, whenever that happened... I didn't know what happened. Obviously, I kind of just like woke up and like I opened my eyes and I was like looking at the sand at the bottom of the river and the water in San Marcos, it happened in San Marcos. It's it's crystal clear. So I could just see like, you know, the the water caustics like coming in through the river and I could see like the sand. And I was like, holy shit, like what the fuck happened? And I'm trying to move. right? I'm trying to get the water because I need to breathe, obviously. And I just can't move. Nothing, nothing at all. And obviously I can't breathe because I'm underwater. So I'm just, like, looking there. I'm just like, what happened? And, you know, I don't have that much time to think. But I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, am I going to drown? You know, like, this is it for sure. And uh, I just started thinking about, like, um, one of my friend's sister who had just recently passed away. And I had another friend just passed away, like, a month before that. And another friend, like, a few months. And I was like, holy shit. Like, so, like, death was, like, really, like, you know, right on my mind. And I was like, fuck, like. So I thought about my friends. So I thought about my family and I just like just decided to take a breath. You know, like what else do you do? You know, you just can't hold your breath forever. Your brain won't let you do that. So I just take a deep breath and I'm like, and I just, just drink the water. And right as I did that, I heard like a splash of water behind me. And then my friend, it was my friend who jumped in there to get me because he noticed I was just like face down, like just drifting away in the river. And he turned me around and he's like, what the fuck's wrong? And I'm just like, oh, I don't know, bro. You know, like, I don't know, like slap me i think i hit my head and i'm in shock or some shit so he slaps the fuck out of me and i'm just like oh fuck like do it again you know i can't still can't feel shit like i still can't feel or move shit he does it again and i'm just like oh fuck like i don't know what happened but get me out of here get me out the river you know we're like in the fucking middle of the river it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful scenery don't don't think of it as like a fucking night horror story or something it's a beautiful day and uh he he pulls me out to the side of the river and and my other two friends are there and i'm just like hey call an ambulance like uh think i might be in shock or something you know like whatever but i was like oh get a picture of me though for the snap you know like it was snapchat was kind of like popular at the time and i was like oh yeah get a picture of me you know i want to like i don't know the <laughs> way like, i was just one of those social media dudes back then and i was just like into sharing everything and um so i have pictures of like the fucking um when i'm in the river and they're holding me up and the evidence got there super quick maybe like in two three minutes and or maybe more time passed but um uh, but yeah they got there quick and like um it was just weird like my fucking uh Another pair of paramedics like grabbed my dick and he was like, Can you feel this? And I was like, No. And he was like, Okay, well, you're good. Cause I, I don't know why or how or what the fuck it cost, but it popped the boner. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, no way. I, don't know. I mean, I did not know. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. You know, I was just so confused. I was like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Not scared yet. But as time passed, like I was having trouble breathing. Like, I was like, <gasps> I think it was like the shattered bones in my neck, you know, just yeah. obstructing my airways. Um, and like, Basically, like, the ambulance got there. They put me in the stretcher. They got me out. They put me in the fucking um, ambulance, and I was like, fuck, like, I can't fucking breathe. And they're like, stay with us. Stay with us. You keep trying to breathe. Don't stop breathing. And I was like, fuck, like, I'm tired. I can't, you know, I can't just, I don't know. I just could barely breathe. And uh, they put the oxygen over my face, and I was, like, pulling in. I was just, like, in the ambulance, just scared, you know, like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like, maybe this is serious. And I got to the hospital, did the whole CT scan, the nurse whenever they put me in the CT scan, um, I went in there and like the nurse was like right behind me and she was like, Oh, you're going to be okay. You know, my dad's in the wheelchair and he's fucking awesome. And I was like, what? Fucking wheelchair. Like what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He broke his back. He's fine. And I was just like, no, no, I'm going to be fine. You know, I could barely breathe and talk at this point. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, after that, that was my accident. Could no longer use my arms and hands for a while. Now I've recovered like enough like arm and a little bit of hand function and little bit of core action but um back then i couldn't move a thing i couldn't even breathe on my own and after they did the surgery to take out the little bones i couldn't even speak for for like a month so i was just like i had a whiteboard in front of me and i'll just like do this do yes no you know row row five yes row i mean you know like like that spelling out word for word what i was trying to say and uh, yeah i mean just after that i had to like reinvent myself basically because at the time I was doing digital marketing, so like video production, graphic design, and, and shit like that. But my passion was always like video production and film and shit. So um, after a while, I just had to like reinvent myself. I was at home, you know, I was like staring at the wall and I was like, fuck, what'd do I do? You know, just like looking at Instagram and like a bunch of like people that I was following started doing like 3D CG work. And I was like, holy shit, this is fucking cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can't figure that shit out, but it's cool. And I don't know, I just became obsessed just like you become obsessed with anything you like. And I just, my brain automatically started generating the right questions and uh, started Google, Googling those questions and trying out different shit. I sold all my equipment, my cameras, my iMac, my laptop. I sold all that shit and just got a PC and, and started, started creating shit. And then here Kevin, I am now. How,
0: how long was it after the accident You know, I imagine there was some time to like figure out like, you know, what the hell, like everything is different. Like, what am I going to do? There probably was some like some grief and depression. How long was it before you started to be able to be in a place where you could start thinking about like, oh, what am I going to do now from here?
1: Yeah. Okay. so, I mean, when it happened, obviously, you don't know what the fuck your whole life just turned upside down. You don't know what the fuck you don't know if you're going to get better because people often just end up walking after a day or two or a week or two or a month. So I was just like, oh, shit, yeah, you know, like, me, like, I was a fucking runner, I was a swimmer, I was, like, fucking training for an Ironman triathlon, like, oh, this is this ain't shit, like, I'll get back up, I just need some fucking sunlight, so I will tell the nurses to take me outside every day, and, I mean, the sun didn't fucking work, I thought, you know, I thought nature could just heal you, I was on my, you know, I was on my little fucking psychedelic phase or some shit, I don't know, but, um, yeah, so, like, I got home, I was in the hospital for, like, two, three months, I can't remember, did a little bit of therapy, and, um, yeah I was just at home in the fucking electric wheelchair and I was like damn like this fucking sucks like what do I do you know should I try to like you know use my fucking brain and and study medicine to fucking figure this shit out or like what do I do but I don't know just like on social media like I just fell in love with 3d and I just kind of like you know no I can no longer take photographs or like video of people and you know shit that I enjoy doing so I was like damn like let me fucking uh, set this camera up, set a statue up in 3D, you know, in software, light it up. And, you know, and I just did a one render and I was like, holy shit, that was cool. And, you know, the following day I was just like, oh, let me animate it a little bit. You know, like let me set a keyframe here and like set a keyframe over here and, you know, move the camera from X to Z, you know, X to Y, whatever, uh, in X amount of time. And the rest is history, you know, like started sharing my work, started getting clients. And, uh, now it's just like a full-time thing, which full time's like an understatement. Cause I'm always fucking doing
0: this shit. That's cool. So yeah. we had a production meeting, right? Right before we came on and where mm-hmm. we meet with the producers and the whole team's there. And we sort of go over the run of show and Kevin, you asked, you said, is it okay if I cuss, whatever, it's like an adult show, no big deal. But now I know why yeah. you're asking. I mean, that is, that is like a central feature. Uh, of your communication style, so uh, yeah, I just feel like if it. I don't
1: use those words or whatever, I feel like I'm not expressing myself all the way. You know, like hey, how am I gonna yeah, substitute? Like, yourself. yeah, yeah, just fucking. You know, I feel a lot of, I feel a lot inside, so I gotta express it one way or another.
0: Yeah, no worries. Hey, but so physical fitness was like such a big part of your life, right? You, I mean, like you said, you were mm-hmm. running. Somehow you said you were swimming a mile a day. That, to me, sounds insane. Swimming is hard. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But so, you know, I saw in one of your videos, right, that you talked about at your, you've got a stand-up desk. And you, like, try to stand for, like, a couple of hours a day. Oh, yeah. yeah, What what does physical fitness look like to you now? It sounds like it's still something that's important to you.
1: Oh, yeah. So, obviously, I mean, I work on average maybe, like, 10 a.m. to, like, 10 p.m. And there's, like, I mean, there's breaks in between, obviously. Like, I'm not just at my fucking desk. Like, I'll go outside for, like, five minutes. (laughs) Five minutes. Or, like, um, I'll go eat and come back. And But I'm always, like, you know, I wake up and, like, fucking computers right there. I got to think about work. I don't know why. I'm just obsessed right now with, like, I don't know, just making it somehow or one way or another. But, um, yeah, I still do a lot of fitness. I work out pretty much every five days a week. I have a – it's called a ski erg, and they have it at pretty much every gym. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, it simulates like you're skiing, that like you grab on these two things and pull the cords down. So it's like my form of cardio. And I just do two miles every day of that. And then I have a, this little assisted device. It helps me stand up and I stand up for about two hours and, you know, sit, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, just cause standing one spot is just like torture. So I still, I still try to stay active, you know, like luckily at this point in my recovery, I've been able to, um, recover sensation all over my body. I have uh, some some feet function, some leg function, uh, nothing crazy. I can't take a step, you know, like recently I was able to stand in parallel bars pretty much unassisted by myself. So still scary, you know, like my list could just give out at any moment because I can't really fully control them. But, um, you know, it's been a long time coming and recovery is not promised, but you know, I'll die trying before I give up.
0: That's interesting. That's, so you say that you're you are still regaining sensation all over your body just as, yeah, as time yeah. goes on? So I
1: can feel my entire body. Like some parts, like my hands feel numb. Like they feel like if I put sort of like whenever you're at a party and like someone's like, give me a beer. You put your hand in the cooler because the beer's on the bottom or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what my hands feel like 24-7. And uh, my legs and feet, I can feel them like 98%. And like my stomach, oddly enough, I can feel maybe like a 65%. It's kind of just like numb. It's like kind of like spotty, all over my body. So the way this injury is, it's like um, I broke my neck, so everything below my level of injury is completely compromised, meaning mm. everywhere from here, maybe you can see this car right here a little bit, everywhere below that, it's completely compromised. So some people break their back in a car accident, and below that, you know, it's like, oh shit, mom, I'm paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah, because you, you broke your, you know, around that level of your back. But it's me, I broke my neck, so it's like Everywhere, everything from here all the way down is, is completely like compromised not the same
0: do As it do ambulance fun. drivers still like grab your junk and give you boners and stuff no
1: no bro that was like a quick second i was like what the fuck we were all confused you know we were just like what the <laughs> fuck like you know was like three three of my friends were like what the fuck like hey ambulance drivers got to have
0: fun too man right
1: and you know what bro like i have never talked about that that to anybody like i don't even know if it actually happened maybe i was just fucking hallucinating or like <laughs> freaking out or like I don't know, having some sort of like fever dream or some nightmare, not a dream, bro,
0: fucking nightmare. <laughs> well, you you might want to stick around later in this episode because we definitely have some art that we're going to be sharing that's kind of right up that alley. Uh, but mm-hmm. let's talk about your art here for a second more. So, right, we're talking about, uh, one of the other things that I heard you talking about, or maybe I saw it uh, on your website, but how you used uh, creativity to like get through the depression, right? Um, yeah. And I know uh in particular, right, that you have turned this into kind of a a project. I mentioned your uh NFT collection, which I believe is 3333 right? Is what the collection yeah. is. Um right. but it's called Neural Heist. Tell me a little bit about it.
1: Yeah. So um last year, you know, 2021, you would hear all about these projects coming out and I was just like, wait a minute, you know, I have every fucking I've been working my whole life to gain the skill set. You know, like let me fucking try to do it. You know, like I'm gonna try to do it and like try to help out people that are like in the same place as me or worse condition than me because I've met a lot of people that are just not as fortunate as me you know like luckily I had a had a roof over my head in the beginning and uh my family my parents my sister they were all very supportive so I was able to like I haven't came out on top but I'm I'm doing fine you know for myself and um, a lot of people didn't have that so I was just like let me make this project um try to raise some money like try to give back to the To the holders and and also give back to people in my situation you know like if they need a new wheelchair they need a new um car modifications just because whenever you have this injury everything's way more expensive you know like accommodations are not cheap you know like the world wasn't designed for like somebody that's in a wheelchair which is fine you know like we're not born in wheelchairs or most of us are not or but um yeah just shit's expensive man life's expensive as is imagine it times two because because you're fucking paralyzed. You know, it's just, it's just hard. So I wanted to help out people as well as give back to my holders one way or another. So I started developing the project and I started making art around the fucking nervous system, which the nervous system, what I imagine it to be is just sort of like a network of strings connecting your muscles to your brain. And it all, it's a highway coming from your brain to your, your fucking sacred bone. Um, Yeah, so I based art around that. I based the characters around just nerves in general and i just the name heist somebody recommended me ma- recommended that name on discord and I was like that's cool you know like it's kind of like a like a bad boy <laughs> heist like a I don't know some sort of thief like a nervous system thief or some shit so well, I just kind of just made that yeah
0: when I saw the project you know the name I I interpreted it honestly in a couple of ways uh and maybe I was just reading too much into it but you know on the one hand like a neural heist like it almost sounds like you know in your situation like your your nervous system, your, your movement was robbed from you, right? Like your brain your, yeah. it was kind of like exactly. hijacked, uh, but then you yeah. flip it the other way. It's like, and now you are kind of like stealing it back. Right. You are. Yeah. Right? So it goes yeah. both ways. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it
1: could be interpreted a bunch of ways and, and yeah. you
0: know, like it just made sense. I was like, Oh yeah, fuck. It's cool. It sounds cool, cool. You know, name. like, mm-hmm. and so in your, in the reel we played right at the, at the end of the reel, it's got the uh, you know, the uh, spinal column, the 3D animation that you create, and like flowers are blooming out of it. And I think right. even you've got a tattoo on your neck, right? That's yeah, yeah, the same right there, thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, so
1: basically that, oh, you want me to talk about that or? Sure, yeah. Oh, okay, so so I made this little like video. Uh, I had this idea. I was like, I want a fucking neck tattoo. I don't know why. And I was just like, what should I get? You know, like maybe a fucking straight line is cool. You know, just because little lines cool. But like, that's too common. I don't want a fucking straight line. Let me fucking do a spine. I don't know, just because I broke mine. So I just went to Photoshop, designed a little spine with a cracked C5 vertebrae, which is the one I broke. And let me do fucking the flowers in it. Just because I, I saw some picture of a flower that I think somebody stepped on and it was like broken in the middle. And somehow the the flower kept growing, but sideways. You know, it still kept growing, but sideways. And I was like, huh, you know, like creativity. Just, just fucking my my fucking the nervous system just started making connections. And I was like, let me do something like that, but with the spine. So basically, the spine is broken, but there's flowers coming out of it. So maybe it can't grow the way it usually grows, but there's fucking shit growing on it. Beautiful shit coming up from it. Mm-hmm. So that was my my tattoo, and my I made a, a illustration of it, a video a, illustration of that.
0: Yeah, amazing. Uh, so mm-hmm. your visual artist. The NFT is you know a collection of your visual create or of your yeah of your visual creations. So let's. Let's uh, do everyone a service here and show them this amazing work, a teaser animation of his Neural Heist video. hi super sick yeah so that's cool. like it's you know it's one thing to talk about it but when you see it right then that's when you start to really get it and understand it so that's awesome yeah um and my understanding is that you are a portion of the proceeds going to the ed strong foundation or what's the relationship there
1: yeah so uh i, I met a friend through therapy and he started his own foundation and uh he's actually the guy that his foundation paid for my uh exercise machines called skier and that is the one i use every day and like He's always giving back to people. You know, he'll have small events and he'll raise like uh, about I think like ten thousand dollars on average, which pretty much flies by whenever you're running an organization. But um, uh, I just wanted to like raise that money or sell the project out and kind of like help help that organization out because the same way he helped me out. And uh, he has a bigger like network of of people that are in this situation, and I just wanted to help him out the same way he helped me out.
0: That is. I should say that's the Ed Strong Foundation. It's a nonprofit. Uh, yeah. We'll provide links to it, um, maybe in our Discord. Uh, but for anyone that wants to look it up, you know, Kevin, as you said, right? Uh, one of the things that people probably don't appreciate when you know talking about anyone that's confronted with this kind of a challenge or life changing circumstance is how much more expensive everything becomes because you have to retrofit everything right to accommodate your uh, your new condition. Um, so yeah, this, this is a nice cause that you've teamed up with with your nft project yeah
1: so um just a quick note uh, i had to put the the project on hold just because of uh, the market conditions and you know i was dedicating all of my time towards that so i was creating all this art non-stop teaser videos i was tweeting i was on discord you know i mean as you know arlo is just it's a lot more work than what it, to grind, yourself sure. into, yeah, to grind for sure yeah it's a grind and i was and i was willing 100 to do it but um yeah i just had a bunch of expenses and i was like i got to get back to work like people were calling me like hey can you do this can you do that and i was just like no i'm out for the month you know i'm just working on this grinding it out trying to get it off the floor and um the market kept tanking and um just i needed money to live obviously and i just like oh shit. like i can't i don't want to go into my savings or pull out of like anything i've already invested into to keep going for now so i'm just temporarily putting it on hold, you know, still alive and well, but it's, it's just paused for now.
0: Dude. I mean, there's probably some wisdom in that we, we, we were right at the cusp. Like we, we had our date set, everything was going, you know, we were working toward our mint date and then like right before we minted is when everything went to hell. It's like right when, uh, the war in Ukraine started, (laughs) when the market started tanking and a lot of people were telling us like, guys, you should put it on hold (laughs) now is not a good time to mint. Um, and we had to seriously consider that, but we, you know, we, we put invested so much in that date. And like, you know, we had South by Southwest. And so we just, we stuck to it and incredibly we, we minted it out. So it, it kind of had a happy ending, but there's no question. These, these yeah, man. are. Yeah, Congratulations. So killed win. it. Yeah. yeah, you know, Killed it. Thank Cause you. it's, it's no easy task, man. It's no easy task. No, it's a grind. Just like you said. So dude, I want to talk about something else that I saw on your website, but uh, you said, um that you had to reinvent yourself when you became paralyzed in 2017 and could no longer hold a camera but that 3D gave me full control of cameras lighting motion textures and the ability mm-hmm. to freely express myself now i make crazy ideas and worlds come to life for a living uh so we're talking about nfts and right this the the big thing that's looming on the horizon is the metaverse right which is is the realization of these crazy worlds and ideas kind of that you're talking about it's where we'll right. all be able to kind of like exist in those spaces or Or meet each other in those spaces, and I wonder for someone like you now who has gone through such a dramatic life change in the physical world. You know, when you talk about reinventing yourself, uh, what does what does the prospect of something like the metaverse look like to you? A place where we can go in and just you know be whoever we want to be, right? There are you more than anyone have been confronted with like how fragile life is and what real world physical limitations can look like. But the metaverse doesn't have to be any of that.
1: Right. Um, so I think it's just super exciting, you know, like what's happening right now. Um, I was actually approached by a, a Web3 company. It's called Lockerverse. They're, they're on the Disney Accelerator. And now we're creating all these like um, Web3s that it's like it's joining basically Web2 with Web3. So we're creating like web experiences that you interact with. So like you move your mouse cursor and you're interacting with the website. You know, you're not just reading and scrolling. You're kind of just like moving around like your cursor is moving around you're looking around the room and it's kind of like it's a Web3 company that's um, going to be selling NFTs for star athletes, I believe. I'm not sure what the the thing is, but I'm just helping them visualize, create metaverse experience, which is fucking exciting. And um, as far as my opinion for the metaverse, I mean, it's fucking cool. You know, I can't wait till it it's not premature yet. Because obviously you look at VR chat and shit, it's still kind of like, okay, like this has been around with Xbox for fucking 10 years. Like, you know, whenever it reaches next level, whenever we're, you know, like whenever you hop in there and you could just, it feels real. Then I'll be super excited. But even now, where it's going, like, it just feels like the beginning still, just super early.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. You know, Kevin, make sure that you get into our Discord um, after this and just keep popping in every once in a while to to touch base with the community, uh, because there's no question that people being exposed to you and the work that that you're doing are really excited by by it and are interested in it and we're going to want to follow your progress and just sort of want to be updated on developments with what you're doing because uh yeah. i know that i'm a fan and i can tell you that a lot of our drug snugglers a lot of the people in the community are are going to be fans as well um i want to talk about this is just now kind of as long as we're sort of going down this road about kind of like <laughs> What the future of the metaverse can be and just some kind of like philosophical uh, implications that go along with it. But we already talked about like the difference between, you know, physical real world world limitations here in the offline in real life world uh, versus what's, you know, there are no limitations in the metaverse essentially. Um, But, you know, in addition to being, uh, you know, to being someone uh, who is you're not a what is your condition now? You're not a paraplegic anymore, are you? Uh
1: yeah, so once once you injure yourself, you're like pretty much a paraplegic, quadriplegic for the rest of your life, you know, because your whole body at one point was compromised. I so see. a parap mm-hmm. a paraplegic para means two duo. So that yeah. you means your legs. Quadriplegic means four. So four limbs, you know. So my condition was quadriplegia. It's an ugly ass word. Like whenever I first heard it, I was like, What the fuck is that? Like, no, I'm not. Like, what is that? But uh yeah, like um, yeah, like you're in there for life. You could you you can. So your nerves grow, I don't know, like a crazy small amount every year. Like your nerves yeah. start regenerating a little bit, very little. Um, so I've seen somebody walk after 15 years at a gym one time. I was at a gym yeah. and where they focus on that, and he just took like five, fucking 10 steps after no being way. in the chair 15 years, you know. So it's cool. So it's possible, it's unlikely. Luckily for me, I've regained sensation all over my body, a little bit of function in my legs from standing up all, all day. I mean not all day, but several hours a day. Um, it's possible, sky's the limit, and hopefully, with technology, with fucking um, narrow link, you know, like hopefully, with that, that Elon Musk project, um, uh, hopefully comes through and helps some of us out just because life is, you know, just we're not designed to be sitting down, you know, like my ass and my back and neck are just burning right now, you know, just yeah, it's just it's, just, it's a pain, you know, like it's just a thing you gotta deal with every day,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. No, thanks for clearing that up, yeah. and. Terrifying it for me. So, paraplegic. And it sounds like, you know, there are degrees of recovery, right? You right. maybe one day you're walking, but you are always compromised, right? Your nervous system, you are exactly. always a paraplegic. I got you. Exactly.
1: Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I mean, just sky's the limit, like I said, but I mean, it's always, I'm always going to be labeled uh, fucking injured just because it's such a fragile thing. It's like, it's almost like a brain injury, except your brain has more, uh, it's called neuroplasticity. So, the ability mm-hmm. to regenerate itself and i hurt my spine which has less neuroplasticity still mm-hmm. has some but you know it's still mm-hmm. hope always hope just because you know i could feel my legs and i can move them a little bit and, you know i can move around now and i can use my arms which you know i could not in the beginning in theory i'm not supposed to be able to move anything you know but here i am mm-hmm.
0: yeah so we hardly even you know at the beginning we talked about kind of your you know the beginning of your journey when you move from monterey mexico to dallas texas um you were seven years old and presumably didn't speak any English. So, right, that was a, a major life adjustment, yeah. I guess, early on in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, probably benefited from some neuroplasticity, right? Back then your brain was able to adjust <laughs> yeah. and learn a new right, language yeah. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine that kind of uh, adaptability is something you were able to learn, lean on later in life, like right? being able to change to just dramatic new circumstances, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when this happens, you know, the human body is pretty amazing. You just find a way to do everything. You know, I still haven't figured out everything, but I I know, I mean, I live day to day and like just figure out how to, you know, feed myself, how to speak again, you know, like all this shit, like it's just fucking regeneration and adaptability. You know, we just as human beings,
0: we're pretty stellar at that, you know? Well, dude. So I love the way that you found a way for, uh, not that really, not that you found a way, but just that creativity, like survived, right? Creativity is kind of what, what saved the day. Um, Cause no matter what happens, uh, you know, to our bodies, as long as you've got that drive, as long as you've got that motivation and that inspiration, then you can like, you can sort of shape your own reality and you, you know, you turned your life into something uh, that mm. worked for you. And, and it was, like you said, you use creativity kind of like to, to get you through it and, and look at you now. I think it's pretty incredible. Um, thanks for sharing your story with us, Kevin. It's super interesting, and you're a really talented designer. Um, very excited to follow the progress of your work. Um, oh, I want to see if we have any questions from the community. Don is responsible for pulling a couple out of our Discord and out of the YouTube chat so i'm sure we'll have something interesting here oh yeah let's do it and by the way evan yes we this is the 13th episode and on every episode we've had a guest at least one guest um i don't think that we've ever been prepared with any questions when we stop down for the q a so don't uh don't misinterpret what's happening here we've never managed to to have questions okay, uh cool <laughs> But okay, I have one. I'll just make one up. But yeah. So we've talked about uh, we've talked about you moving from Monterey to Dallas. It, yeah. And on your website, I think you even describe yourself as a Mexican, you know, VFX artist or something like that. Um, yeah. but so the fact that you are a paraplegic, right, is kind of central to our your identity. The fact that you're a Mexican creator is central to your identity. Um, but in the metaverse, since we've talked about the metaverse a little bit, you know, we talked about the ability to shed real world limitations, right? You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can be a rabbit walking around the metaverse. You can be a pill (laughs) walking around the metaverse, a a robot. You can be anything that you want. Um, You don't even have to be, you know, you don't even have to be anything um, that we would recognize as as humanoid or animate. Um, But so along with that, we can also shed, you know, things that in our real day-to-day life might be central to our identity. Like, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, our, 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 our color, our nationality, our gender, you know, all those things also don't necessarily have to come with us. Uh, do you have any thoughts about kind of the relationship between identity and the metaverse and what identity will even mean in the metaverse? Um,
1: I mean, it's going to be its own thing. You know, now you think about identity, you think about, you know, who, what we look like, what we stand for, what we talk about, you know, like basically who we are. But in the metaverse, it's just going to be a new thing for it, a new definition for it. I think it's not going to be nothing that we're used to. You know, it's kind of it's not going to be like oh, it's a fake world while you're living in it. No, it's kind of just like it's a separate extension of you, sort of like the internet was is to us. You know, like it's kind of just like an extension of what we are. Well, that's going to be a different extension of who we're going to be. You know, in the metaverse, that's how I see it at least. You know, like
0: it's an opinion. Yeah, totally. So we did have a question come in. Um, and then we will turn it over to Jesse and she's going to get it pop in here in just a moment. But Kevin, for the people that are interested in uh, neural heist and what you're doing with your NFT project, I know you said that you put it on hold, but what will the process be for uh, getting on the whitelist list? Um, if you're going to have a whitelist? or once, once you get it back up and running, how will you roll it out and how do we get on that list?
1: So whenever I start, I launched the brand, uh, I started a, a discord and then, I had a couple hundred uh, Discord members and um I was just giving them out like to early people because there was a lot of people coming in interested and they, they loved the project, they loved the, the method, I mean the whole thing behind it. So I was I was picking it was picking up really nicely, you know. So I was just giving them away pretty freely just because it was just the beginning. I don't know what it was gonna turn into, you know, like I don't know like if it was gonna keep explode ever, you know, but um it was just one of those things that was gonna next, you know, I was I didn't wanna like flood myself with problems that weren't in front of me yet so i was just like one thing at a time let me get fucking 10 people in the fucking discord you know so i was like okay i got 10 all right let's do fucking 30 all right i got 30 you know i'm 50 100 you know like it was like one thing at a time just because it was a one-man team in the beginning you know like so mm-hmm. which still is but you know like one thing at a time so i didn't get there yet to answer your question
0: okay i've got one more question sorry but yeah. one more came no, no, in no, ahead, and man. then i promised then we'll get you over to let's mm-hmm. get it popping um but You you know, you talked about this transition where you realized, oh, you know, I've got all this, I've got all this time. I want to do something. It's I'm not going to get out there with my camera anymore. So, dude, people are doing really cool stuff with visual effects. How do I get into that? Uh, What kind of online courses or resources did you find that helped helped you get into it?
1: Um, So it was all strictly YouTube and Reddit and Google. So like, I don't know. I have this theory that whenever you're really genuinely interested in something your brain will automatically generate the right questions so oh. you know it's like oh how do i start a cgi that's not the right question you know, like how do i do a fire on top of a you know on top of the floor video effects you know you just start like figuring yourself out with, i mean figuring out the word the right wording you know the right questions and you just start oh. googling you start finding the answers and if you don't find the answer directly you'll find it somewhere else you know you just it's just research really, you know, so I, I didn't do any courses. I just learned by being interested and being obsessive, you know, what I am.
0: Cool. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. Thank you. All man. right. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. So as promised, let's get Jesse in here and then uh, we'll tag team her in and I will bow out and we will get it popping. Cool. Come out, Jesse.
2: That was an amazing what intro. What's up, dude? Thank How you, Jesse.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Good. good. Good to see you.
2: Isn't this wild? I think um, the last time I saw you, we were at a party last year, and now mm, we're yeah. on a podcast.
1: I know, right? We were, yeah. Daniel's party. We were there. Yeah, it's fucking fun. Good times.
2: It <laughs> was a really Hi. good time. Um, yeah, I just—it's funny because like I don't feel like a lot of people back home really understand what we're doing because we're like building it they
1: just know that yeah. we play on the computer all day right like I, um so i'm here at home and like i work all day every day my parents have no idea what the fuck i do you know the a concept of a metaverse like try to explain that shit to a boomer like there's no way like a wallet a digital wallet you know with imaginary coins that are backed by you know pretty much nothing but scarcity so it just it's crazy it just you know
2: but it's yeah, cool. it's a wild. Super cool. Yeah, it's wild. There, it's like I don't know. It's really fun. I think you know, being at the forefront of something that's literally going to be life changing, an extension of the internet. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I do have a question. I have a couple questions. Yes. let's do um, it. Um, but did you play any like Neopets or anything like that when you were growing up?
1: Or uh, so my sister had Tamagotchi or Tamagotchi. Do you know what that is? It's like yeah. a little fucking it's like a little device so i didn't play with it but it was just cool you know kind of wondered one but I was like, this kind of a girl thing so i'm just gonna stray away from that you know like i was more into like wrestlers and shit which but i always thought tamagashis were cool you know like not, not to be fucking sexist or anything like that but it was just like oh wait you know like i like wrestlers more so i'm fucking do wrestlers like i'm not gonna do a little pet animal digital pet animal
2: well understandable <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of you know um, preferences, color, whatever. Uh, what is your favorite color?
1: Uh, fucking dark black.
2: <laughs> okay, Don, can we uh, can we check the wallets and see if we have something in there? <laughs> something in there for Kevin. Um Real quick, I mean, look with the metaverse coming, all mm-hmm. these coins, this, that, and the other. Who's metaverse BBL? would you be willing
1: to pay for? Um, like who am I willing to get one from or who am I willing to pay one to see or what, what's the question? Both. Uh, <laughs> shit, I don't know. That's a funny question, but.
2: <laughs> Dude, I have this I have this dream, right? I want to create, and don't, nobody steal this. Nobody steal this. I want to create the metaverse's first BBL Dr. Miami off okay you take that
1: shit TV. you can do it let me help you out dude <laughs> know, let me know en- enhance your nft <laughs> with the fucking bbl and it just i don't know <laughs> you put it you fucking layer it over fucking blockchain you know there's always a fucking blockchain built on top of blockchain let's, let's call it bbl i don't know blockchain perfect butt lift or whatever
2: <laughs> i think we might have okay guys market market if anyone takes this idea <laughs> heard it here first Perfect. Um, You know what's funny? I actually have some people in the Discord that are asking who your favorite wrestler
1: is. Favorite wrestler? So at the time it was uh, Kane. So Undertaker's twin brother that got his face burnt through some fucking bullshit rumor that WWF made. Yeah, he just always wore a mask and he fucking looked mean and it was cool. I liked him.
2: Wait, yeah, why do you like him so much? Was it the menace, the backstory?
1: You said, why do I like him so much? I don't really like him (laughs) that much. I just liked him then. You know, I thought it was cool. You know, like I thought he was cool. Like mysteriously like, fucking cool. It wasn't like The Rock or fucking Chris Jargo or these other fucking popular dudes. I don't know.
2: I like The Rock, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I mean right.
1: he's fucking awesome, but you know, he was not my favorite, you know.
2: Oh, someone said the big red machine, good choice.
1: Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs>
2: um uh, cool well another question unrelated but um what's the best what's the best song on the bad bunny album
1: uh andrea i like andrea the beat just fucking majestic andrea yeah
2: Perf. do you like yeah. okay i've been noticing i don't know if it's just me but i feel like lately things have been moving in like more like a housey direction you know what i'm saying Yeah. Like...
1: Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I fuck me, I fuck with it. You know, I've always liked house music. Like, I'm not a big like fucking house music guy, but I like it. I think it's just a fucking change of pace from like fucking spitting rhymes and rapping regular shit. You know, like I've always been sort of a beat guy. Like, so like fucking beats good. I'm fucking love the song. You know, I don't care what it says. I don't <laughs> memorize words. Are you one of those people that just kind of like listens a song and you can fucking after two listens, you know all the words? Because there's I mean, people yeah, like that. That's, you know, yeah, like, that's 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 a, a good, fucking, That's a good question. There's like a division of people. Like some people are fucking word people that just memorize the words right away. And there's people like me that fucking they'll never learn the words. So I can fucking mem- like fucking recite them over and over again. I'll never know the words to any song. You know, like
2: I think it's a linguistic thing because I've noticed like with my friends that learn languages or have trouble writing, mm-hmm. they're beat people. But my friends that are more uh-huh. like write orient like writing oriented, they're like lyric people. So it's huh,
1: interesting. Yeah. I, I never looked at like that, but yeah, I mean, probably. Shit.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Kevin, we kind of got to pop in a little bit. Um, oh, I do have one last question for the segment, but um, a little bit kind of going back to uh, a couple things that happened, but um, someone said, but they'd like to know more about your process. Obviously, you have use of your arms. Does he use a keyboard and mouse like most 3D artists, or do you use a special tech for creating your work?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so I use a, a pretty regular setup. My mouse is a little bit different from uh, your regular mouse. It's, it's sort of like a trackball. It's called a trackball. And it's, a, it's a, basically, people use that in the recording studio. I don't know why it's so popular. It's kind of ugly but it's kind of just like a, a device with a ball on top of it, and you just move the ma- the ball around in one place and it just kind of scrolls everywhere. So, Same, I mean, regular shit. I struggle to type a little bit. I type slow. So whenever I have to write a long email to a client or whatever, I just, I'll just i type it with my phone, you know, because like cause it's just easier to type on, your, on my phone than it is on the keyboard, on a regular keyboard. So I'll just send it from my phone, and uh, I'll design and make 3D shit with on the computer, you know, nice. with the fucking uh, stylus pen and the uh, Keyboard, yeah.
2: Nice. Nothing, okay. Nothing
1: cool. crazy. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Well, then you know what? I have one more question, and then we'll bring her yeah, up. But like, good. what was the, what was the most surprising thing you had to get used to whenever you had to like retrain, like change how you operate due
1: to um, the whole like pooping and peeing process. You know, like so. <laughs> basically, luckily I could feel like everything in my body. So whenever I got to a shit, I'll go to the toilet and transfer into a toilet and take a shit. But it's kind of like. To avoid shitting yourself in public, you gotta shit in the morning every fucking day. So uh, in the morning, first thing in the morning, I'll eat a banana, coffee, and a fucking green juice, and just go poop because that's the fucking recipe that I use, you know, to to get my stomach going. It's fucking nasty. I'm sorry, but that's
2: what. No, this is perfect. Yeah. I, yeah look, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like that's oddly enough, I feel like I've been curious. Maybe a, a couple others are curious. Yeah. As yeah, to some, yeah. how someone operates that bodily function.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I poop in the morning and I pee into a little straw. So I'll avoid uh, spilling anything and I don't have to get out of my wheelchair every fucking time I gotta go pee when I drink. You know, so I just kind of like pee into a little bag, basically. Yeah. It's easy It's a, it's a process, good. but I mean, you figure it out, you adapt, just like we were talking about earlier. You just kind of figure it out one day at a time, I like, guess, as corny as it is.
2: No, I mean it's true. It's it's corny, but it's, it's true for a reason. Um, damn! Wow, that was a lot to unpack in that segment. We got yeah. your work process, your poop process, your morning routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess Arlo. I think uh, I think that's your cue. Get back on here,
0: <laughs> dude. I think that there is a. I feel like that this is an underserved market, and I feel like there's like much bigger opportunity for uh, a device where you could pee into a bag. Uh, I know that every yeah. right, every guy has had an occasion, like you're on a road trip or you're working or just whatever. It's like if there was just some way that we could just pee in a bag like all the time. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Whenever like, I go in the car with anybody and they're like, oh, shit, I got pee. And I was like, you want the fucking bag? Like, you know, exactly. right here. We yeah. all want that. I always offer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, no one, yeah. one ever it I always it up.
2: offer my pee bags.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're right here. I carry a little backpack everywhere I go. and just, just like It's like little tubes. It's like little tubes that you unwrap and it's like a little bag inside and
0: Kind of bonus. amazing it's, it's well kevin dude sometimes. it's been it's it's been super <laughs> uh, awesome having you on here i mean really cool love your insights love your uh how uh open and candid you are about everything about your process about your creativity about your you know just the, the amazing story of your life so thank you for coming on and sharing it with us sharing it with our entire uh drug receipts community and make sure that you uh keep in touch with us visit our discord uh give us updates um, in the Discord, I have posted a link to Kevin's website, kevinkintero.com. Also, have posted a link to uh, neuralheist.com, uh so you can get info about the NFT project. So you are on our radar. Um, you're in our sites, and we're gonna we're gonna be following um, your development. So good to have you here, Kevin. You're an amazing dude. Thanks Thank for being you very on. Much. Don't Thank be can can I give a shout out to my
1: friends real quick? Shout out to all of Yes. Friends. They're texting me right now. They're like, hey, can you give a shout out? The like, hey, like, hell yeah, bro. I'll give y'all a shout out. So shout out to them. That's it. That's Just that's shout it. out to them. You know, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, them shit, I like, did not even get the name called like, out. Like that's uh, the worst you know, shout out ever. ever. <laughs> Got out Got and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what? Where, they? I could have done that.
2: Know? No, no. All can right, we can we pull full screen, Kevin, and do the shout outs?
1: Yeah. Right, give
0: a real shout out here, Kevin. Come on, dude. Right,
1: bro. I, know, I never give a shout out in my life. Like, what the fuck? Let's do it. Shout out Saul. Shout out Pablo. Um. Shout out fucking Jesse. Shout out Hans Taplin, who I've been working with. Shout out fucking. Chris Munoz, Julio Munoz, bitch-ass. And uh, shout-out uh, Hector Stevens, uh, cyber security, bitch-ass, motherfucker. And yeah, that's
0: it. <laughs> there you go. That, 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 was, that was a, a proper uh, uh, Kevin Quintero shout-out. Mm-hmm. Much better. Well done. Hell and yeah. I hope you didn't forget anybody, because you won't hear the end of it. Uh, I but probably good did but
1: who gives a shit, yeah.
0: <laughs> Kevin, thank you. We'll see, we'll see you in the future. See you in the metaverse. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. Uh, So Jesse, that was great. Thanks for setting that up. Um, We're going to move into some news updates. We'll do our routine checkup. On the last podcast, we talked a lot about having some audio uh, fanfare to go along with the titles. We're working on it. And I think think by the next episode, we'll have something happening there with those. So looking forward to that. Um, Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about news. What's going on?
2: Um, I don't know.
0: Uh what's going on? The DRX travel co hoodies are going out as we speak. If you have not claimed yours yet, uh you can find the claim forms at claim.drugreceipts.com. Make sure you get on there and uh claim your hoodie. Um and then maybe you'll get one of these shown up at your doorstep. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. Look at
2: that packaging. So Guys, you know. He- Burger seats we're not just putting things in a clear bag and calling it a day. But Arlo doesn't play around when it comes to packaging. If you're an OG and you remember, you know, the, the days of the Senate, you know how sick that packaging was. And it's the same thing, you know, you guys can, these are collectible items. So it's worth the wait. You can
0: see the shirt that I'm wearing right now. You know what that says? Rawls. You know what Rawls means? Permanent house guest. That's my house guest, Rollinson. This is a a t-shirt graphic or a graphic that I made for Rollinson, like, dude, what, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? when he was skating for hyper. But I, I made this graphic for him.
2: Nice. And, What's the inspiration? And he
0: wants to get it, he wants to get it tattooed. He's I just put him in touch with my tattoo artist Dominic out at Davis Street Tattoo. And Rollinson's gonna go get this tattoo, his first tattoo tattooed like on his wrist or something.
2: Oh wow, the he's Yeah.
0: He's Whoa. What
2: do you guys? What are you guys getting tattooed?
0: He's get. He's getting this. He's getting his logo. I'm, and I'm just accommodating. I'm not. I'm not going to get the tattoo. Um. Okay. So yeah. But so if you have not claimed your hoodies yet, do it. Uh. We are shipping those out. Um. Speaking of hoodies, yes. there is a mint going on today that is another cool, um, IRL URL hoodie. Uh, I'd like to say that we. You know, we beat them to it, right? Uh, but they're, it's pretty dope. The Artifact uh, X Nike um, hoodie is minting today, um, July 21st. Um, and w- we have a picture. I mean, Joel, you want to show that picture? It, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, it's super sick. This is uh, obviously an illustration of it. But it is a, um, a URL, you know, a digital hoodie, which has you know, those, those wings come out of it and there is, uh, going to be an AR component to it. I think you can see on the hoodie art there that they have a, uh, a QR code. Um, and just, you know, Artifact and Nike, obviously those are, uh, big players. They have, um, they're very, very good at what they do. And so it's just a really attractive, cool project, but, uh, they're not the innovation leaders they they trail just behind drug receipts <laughs> on that front um but i was know, gonna say there, it's still it's still super sick and love to see kind of what's <laughs> happening with um with augmented reality what's happening with uh, apparel in web3 so you know we're really excited to be in this space um and yeah if you haven't checked out the uh, artifact Nike hoodie yet. Check it out. It's minting today, but uh, sorry guys, if you, if you don't already own, um, I, I think that they have certain, uh, in order to basically be whitelisted or to have access to the mint, I think you already have to be a holder in some of their projects. Uh, I don't think that there will be a public mint for it. Um, oh, and if I didn't say yet, because I I think I've only talked about kind of the augmented reality aspect of it, uh, but it will be wearable. Uh, by the uh, CloneX avatars, um, so that's really cool, also. So just like uh, you know, we have access to within our ecosystem, we have access to Fluff and Party Bear, um, and some other projects that we are talking to. Um, Artifact and Nike are, you know, are related to CloneX. So very cool. Um, okay, now speaking, well, let's move it back to drug receipts because we have some exciting news on that front. Dawn, are you here? Okay. So we've been, you know, we've been talking about Drug Receipts Website 2.0. That's going to be released in phases. First phase is Drug Inspector. Second phase will be Drug Wars, and uh, we'll also get the Drug Store up and running. Um, all these things are going to happen pretty consecutive, I mean, pretty quickly and consecutively. Uh, but the first one is Drug Inspector. Drug Inspector is where you're you're going to get down uh, access to your downloadable content. Um, You'll be able to get access to portrait and landscape versions of your PFP. You can get transparent PNGs uh, with and without a glow. So you can start putting them on t-shirts and on mugs and start creating your own art, make your own backgrounds. I mean, just the the sky is the limit. Uh, This will unlock your creativity and give you everything you need to do to make your own derivative DRX content. But so that is the drug inspector, if I'm not mistaken... Dawn is confirming. Yes, that is live right now. You should be able to, get, to go to drugreceipts.com, and uh, we there's a new hero banner up there, which is for the drug inspector, and you can you can get in and start getting access to your drug receipts NFTs right now. Now I probably maybe we should have saved it for the end of the episode because now we we've, we've lost everyone's attention span. Um, they're all going to go start trying to download their assets and check out the drug inspector, which by all means do it. It's there and it's really snug and cool. Uh, But we've also got some more content that we hope you'll enjoy. So Joellen, let's go ahead and do, we've got a fly through, so you don't have to leave the broadcast right now to check it out. We can show you kind of what it looks like. Uh, Joellen, let's show them the fly through. Cool. Couldn't be easier. Yeah. So yeah, as you can see in the fly through, um, you're able to download, uh, you know, each one of the bits of content individually. Uh, the, in the demo there, we downloaded the PNG, um, which actually is a zip file that has two PNGs in it. One, uh, they're both on transparent backgrounds, but one is just the character. The other is the character with our signature glow behind it. Uh, so you have some options. Um, and also there's the, you know, there's just one big button. You can download everything and just get one zip file that has all the assets uh, that you could, you could ever want in it. So check it out, visit drugreceipts.com, visit the drug inspector. Oh, and also in the video, you, you notice that you have to connect your wallet to get access to it. So we are now introducing kind of the web three element um, of the drug receipts website. This is what's taking us to drug receipts 2.0. Uh, it's, uh, we've got some token gated content, um, connect your wallets, and you'll be able to get access to uh, your drug, drug inspector. Very cool.
2: Yeah, super exciting. Uh, Acro, you're out of business now making transparent PNGs for everybody. Um, so it's super exciting. You guys are going to be able to access these, uh, access these assets in like order it. to make <laughs> whatever you want. You can make memes, you can make blankets, you can make prints, you can make posters, you can make stickers. I mean, you know, the possibilities are truly endless. So, yeah, we're really, really excited because I don't know, we've only been talking about this since the beginning so it's super excited to keep you get us moving along and headed in directions that you know drug receipts is uh going towards
0: <laughs> so. exactly from the from the very beginning we envisioned drug receipts as a project right that was empowering you with graphics um and they're, they're graphics that are meant to be displayed and to be put on things so we designed it from the outset so that we could get the you know you could get the high-res backgrounds you could get the assets and and do whatever you want with them you can take the art just as it is. Take your PFP uh, with the background, with the character, put it on a, a print, as many of you have already done. Um, for the Samuel Lynn Galleries, we we got out some really high-quality, beautiful prints. Um, but you can also take them apart. You can use the background and the, uh, the the transparent PNG separately, reassemble them however you want, lots of options. And I think, I think we're already starting to see these transparent PNGs pop up in the discord. So really cool that you guys are engaging with the, the, uh, the drug inspector. And Jesse, I should mention, since you mentioned Acro now is freed up because he doesn't have to cut them out for everybody in the discord. uh, Acro did that, that amazing illustration that we presented for the drug inspector, the one that had cap at the microscope, you know, doing some, some deep inspection. Um, But what a, what a luxury it's been to have Acro on the team and able to output such awesome content like that
2: yeah definitely and then you guys we're gonna you know start seeing it in our socials too um really excited to show you guys what we've been working on sort of behind the scenes and um it's been a joy going back and forth with acro on like just like general you know creative brainstorming meetings and yeah we're big fans both in the discord and behind the scenes we are acro fanboys um but you know i really should take this opportunity to address just how amazing our dev team has been, you know, Don and Anon have been working on something um, really, really awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, the drug inspector, it just looks really, really cool. But um, keep in mind guys, you know, this just did go live. So if there are any bugs, there are any issues, please let us know um, so that way we can fix them and get, you know, version 2.0 out really, really soon. So
0: it's exciting. there is one item that we are we are currently troubleshooting that we're aware of. This is kind of a legacy uh, problem that's a holdover from uh, some of the the uh, the fluff code. But um, NFTs don't. Uh, when you buy or trade an NFT on OpenSea, they are not updating uh, very quickly um, on our side uh, in our in our Drug Inspector or uh, on our website, for instance. Uh, But it is something that the dev team is actually actively addressing. Uh, We think that our developers, honestly, have already fixed it. Uh, It's just a matter of getting it implemented and tested. But we think it should be something that's actually resolved uh, probably within the next day or two. Um, So if if for some reason, if if you're not seeing all of your NFTs, if you recently bought or sold them, just understand that that is something that that we're aware of and that should be fixed within the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah,
2: definitely. So. Yeah, really exciting stuff at Driver Seats. It's awesome.
0: So, speaking of exciting stuff, uh, we had an exciting development within the community. Um, we just had a Spaces uh, Twitter Spaces just a couple of days ago. So, some of the stuff that we we've, we've talked about, and we might not go as deep on some of these things. We encourage you to go check out the recording of the Twitter Spaces. The one that we had just this past Tuesday was actually pretty fun uh, and quite uh, exhaustive in terms of some of the content that we got into, uh, but it had a lot of visual content that went along with it. So really in order to get the whole experience, you would have had to have followed along in the discord to see the images we were sharing. We might be able to clean that up a little bit and provide some of the images here, just so we kind of have it on record and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, but for the full experience, you'll definitely want to go check out that, that Twitter spaces. Cause it was really fun. And the community engagement was made it all the more uh, enjoyable. Um, but so the first thing is we had, uh, uh, Bildo, one of our drug snugglers, uh, an outstanding community member in Acro, who, who you guys all know, but Bildo, uh, was, you know, he, Bildo is very good about, um, getting into other communities, being, uh, active, um, talking about drug receipts, but also learning about what's going on in the other projects. So it's kind of a two-way stream where he brings back good information to us and tells us what's going on in the other projects in the other communities, but he's also letting them know what's going on on our side. So in that way, he is a great communicator um, for for drug receipts. Uh, but so this Scott noticed, he, he he recruited Acro to help him make a, uh, a Twitter post um, that was inspired by a conversation that was going on, I think, in one of the Fluff ecosystem forums. Uh, and, you know, basically, Bildo had said that he you know that he'd OD'd on drug receipts and kind of spent all of his his uh, capital on drug receipts, and that he's really eager to get a fluff. But you know, but he, he's it's going to take a little bit of time to re you know to rebuild his coffers. Uh, so he said, you know, please hold a fluff for me, basically. And he had uh, he had Acro come up with a graphic to to illustrate this, which we have. Let's take a look at the the graphic that Bilbo or that Bildo and Acro came up with. Hold my fluff, amazing. right? Exactly. <laughs> and the and the there is holding the carrot. Um, but this got the attention of Aaron McDonald and made an impression. Um, and so Aaron uh, responded and gifted Bildo a fluff. Um, you know, and a fluff is like the crown jewel, right? In the in the uh, Futureverse ecosystem. Um, and that's Bildo's fluff. That is the actual fluff that, that Bildo got gifted. So an amazing snag there amazing pickup uh but well well deserved and well well uh well earned so congratulations to bildo and just a demonstration of kind of like the cool things that happen you know in in the wider ecosystem here um and just to kind of you know it pays to be a community member and to really to you know to be engaged good things can happen
2: yeah yeah i mean you know guys that's that's the awesome thing you know there's That's part of the story. That's part of the lore that you write. Um, And that's by engaging with the community. You know, you can create. The great thing about drug receipts is that we have so many talented people and really not not just drug receipts. I think in the entire ecosystem of just really intelligent, um, creative, smart, witty people that when they come together can sort of uh, create some really magical moments. So you're not always reliant on a project to make magic that's one thing but i think that you can create the magic that you want to see when you guys work together and and um, you know just put your put your talents together and put it out there so really exciting stuff
0: well that's a perfect segue jesse into uh some trait lore because trait lore is related to drug wars which is We've got Drug Inspector is launched as of right now. So Drug Wars is the next one that we'll be following closely behind. And part of the Drug Wars, uh, part of what's going to happen with Drug Wars is, or a big part of Drug Wars is going to be lore, right? It's going to be the teams that you create, the stories that you create around your teams. Um, But within Drug Receipts, we have layers of lore, right? Because we are not a project that was invented out of whole cloth within the last year. It's actually a project that has years, up to you know, ten to twenty years of history behind it, and so all of the traits, all of the expressions um, that you see in our collection are all things that have come from years of creative work that you know that I've done through Senate and Franco Shade and in personal projects, um, and one of the things that we are doing with you that we'd like to do with you is to share the history. Of those traits, so that you'll know a little bit more about the, the traits that you love. And I've seen here in our chat, as we showed the, the graphic that Acro and Bildo came up with, but Siren had that, that the Siren character that they used had underwear. Um, and underwear is a very rare trait in our collection. There's only 50 occurrences of it. Um, and t- among some collectors, it, it, is, it is highly prized. I mean, it's just a unique, silly, absurd trait. Uh, so what we're going to talk about here a little bit is the underwear lore, the history of the underwear. And I'm telling you my history, how these, you know, the sort of the legacy of these traits kind of my thinking behind them. But when we talk about layers of lore, what we're, what we mean is that that is just one layer. And then what's going to happen is you guys are going to either take your inspiration from the history of these things, or you will create your own stories around these traits. And in that way, we are just building up layers of lore. Um, we had a big conversation about this last Tuesday in the AMA, in our Twitter spaces. So there is a lot more content, if you like this discussion, that will be available there. And I have to warn you, I almost, I guess Kevin did us a favor because he he went into some talk and he had a manner of speaking that just kind of opened the doors for what we're going to cover here. But there is definitely going to be some mature content. Uh, so if you're sensitive to that, then consider this your fair warning. Um... Yeah, some adult content, some kind of mature themes, but handled in a very immature way. Um, This is trait lore. So first, I'd just like to share with you what we're talking about. We saw the PFP that uh, Acro came up with for uh, for Buildo, but um, Joel, let's show the uh, the first. uh, Let's show the first uh, three slides here. So these are. Uh, the characters wearing with the underwear trade. And these are actual NFTs. So that's uh, DRX um, number 46. Uh, that's Sirin. We've got another one, which is Cap wearing the underwear. Uh, these are all NFTs in the collection. That's 309, I believe. And then the next one is Rex wearing the underwear. That's uh, DRX 6227. And if you own those, you can go into the drug inspector and get the transparent PNG of them right now. Um, but there's one character in the collection or that you will never find in the collection wearing the underwear and that's Tabby. And that's because, yeah, this is not something that you will ever encounter in the collection. This actually was a rejected NFT, um, in the developmental stages. Uh, it was just brought to my attention that maybe this looks is inappropriate because Tabby is our only character that, uh, that presents as female, um, And so maybe there was some, maybe there was a chance this could be interpreted as like sexualizing the character in some way, or that there's something inappropriate about pulling down the the juvenile underpants uh, on a a female presenting character. Not that it should be that much better for a male, but for whatever reason, uh, it had never occurred to me that it could be interpreted that way. But once it was brought to my attention, we erred on the side of caution. And so you won't find Tabby in the collection wearing the underwear. So the only three characters that have it are Rex, uh, Cap, and Siren, And there are only 50 instances uh, of the underwear at all at that. So it is a rare, uh, a, a rare trait. Um, but let's talk about a little bit of the history. And I'm, I'm gonna run th- through these things a lot more quickly than we did in the spaces. Again, I encourage you to go into the Twitter spaces to get all the background. But so on Instagram, I have an account called, what used to be called Drug Receipts. It was the inspiration for the entire NFT project. Now it's called R-X-C-P-T-S because drug receipts is the main account. Uh, But what it is is an account where for the last seven years I have posted drawings that I draw on receipts. Um, I'm looking around because I thought maybe I have one next to me, but I don't. I just have doodles and stuff. Doodles. BOMO. Uh, Oh,
2: what is that? (laughs) That's a doodle. No, no. Was that tablet?
0: it's kind of a weird one uh with the eyes in a different place this is joan's already given me grief for having this depth of field so weird but yeah um
2: that's like kind of when you watch like the first couple seasons of The simpsons And the drawing style, yeah, exactly. You know, I
0: have those too. We'll we'll show those sometime also. Like very early iterations of the drug receipts characters. But actually, you'll see a little bit of that right now because what I was getting at is drug receipts, the the thermal receipts, the actual drawings on the receipts. There's seven years of history there, and so you can see the evolution of the characters. Um, In fact, John, let's show the first one here. So this is going back to 2015, I think. This is, yes, December, 2015. And honestly, this is probably within like the first five uh, doodles that I ever posted to the Instagram account. So to your point, Jesse, you can see how raw and rudimentary this illustration is of Cap. Uh, Didn't quite figure out where the highlights would go. Cap, Cap doesn't even have arms or legs here. And for some reason, Cap is wearing diapers. And, you know, trust me, in the beginning, when I was doing these doodles, there wasn't really much of a plan, right? And so it just, sometimes it was just whatever popped in my head, um, not even a whole lot of, of care or, or time put into really developing the illustration. Just sort of throw it on there. And back then, you know, that would be, you know, I could do a doodle in five to 10 minutes and no one would be, you know, no one would be uh, bothered or put out by it. Whereas now I, I do get so obsessive and I can sit there for you know 30 to an, minutes to an hour easily working on a drug receipt, but they look a lot better. So then let's go. So that's, but so the diapers are kind of, right? That's kind of like proto underwear, moving us closer to underwear. So the next one, this is from 2016 in February, just a few months after the one we're looking at right now. Let's look at the next one. And this is, An early iteration uh, where Cap is wearing underwear, and again, this honestly, I don't feel that great posting some of these because they just look so raw and unpolished. Um, And uh, you know, a scene like this, I don't think I would really ever do anymore, honestly. Uh, But it's it's a whole little vignette with Cap sitting on a couch watching TV. It's got the carpet, but it's kind of like an Al Bundy, you know, scene here, right? Cap's got his hand is in his underwear sleeping, falling asleep, watching the TV as pills float around, uh, around them in the air. Um, take me home. But so it's just a fit. Ve- and I mean, Jesse, you talk about like the, the Simpsons, uh, effect, right. Where you're looking at very raw old rendition of cap. I mean, the, the proportions, right. With the long skinny extremities, even the <clears throat> shape of cap, uh, yeah, it's all very, uh, primitive for sure. Um, but let's look at the next one so the next one is a lot closer to being modern but even this one is 2019 uh so still Aww. a few years ago um but here you can see i mean this is almost like this is kind of the exactly how the the underwear is presented in the nft collection it's got the pigeon legs kind of not the knock knees in there coming in together uh the underwear is pulled down but this also kind of gets at the kind of the the spirit behind um, the underwear, like what I was going for, to me, it's kind of like a an, an expression of like embarrassment um, or something, you know, being caught off guard. Uh, in this case, it's saying overexposed, but you can see, right, that it, that that cap here is kind of embarrassed and has been has been caught off guard. Um, it's it, you know another inspiration, like is you know when kids get pants Uh, In the schoolyard, you know, you you pull down someone else's, the bully pulls down a kid's pants. I mean, it's embarrassing and humiliating and it it all falls under the category of low stakes misfortune, um, uh, low stakes, uh, um, what's it called? Low stakes uh, disappointment and misfortune. (laughs) But this is kind of that thing. Um, And there's probably a bigger discussion about bullying. Yeah. Oh. About bullying.
2: Oh, huh. <laughs> Oh, I think we're in a loop. No, I think this is really cool. I feel like a lot of people can relate to feeling like this at a certain point. You know, it's the juvenile um, uh, kind of embarrassment, or kind of the uh, this is this is a very humanizing trait when you think about it as juvenile and like as goofy and fun as underwear chat is. I mean, it's it's definitely something deep.
0: Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause I, you know, I always feel like in these hypersensitive times, like there, you know, there's a, um, there's always an invitation to have a bigger conversation about like, oh, well, you know, bullying and, you know, being exposed and like underwear and all these things. But I think for right now, we'll just sort of go for the the original inspiration, which was exactly what you were talking about, Jesse, right? This, just this sort of universal expression of kind of like embarrassment or being humiliated, you know, things like that. And that is, that is kind of a recurring theme in the collection, you know, things like having your shoelaces tied together, uh, stepping in gum, um, you know, they're just, uh, the band-aids and the bandages, they're just all expressions of kind of like this low grade, low stakes disappointment and misfortune, um, Hint, hint, that's also uh, something that you might see later in a graphic. Um, But so that's Instagram, but Instagram goes back about seven years. That's when I started drawing the receipts on, uh, started doodling the receipts, started doodling the graphics on receipts. But as we've mentioned, our legacy, our history goes back much further than that. I mean, at least something like 20 years. So I have more inspiration for the underwear, for the underwear trait. Let's bring up the Woodward mural. So Camp Woodward, you know, they have facilities around the world. Um, The original one was in Pennsylvania. There's one on the West Coast in Tehachapi, California, near Bakersfield. But so they're just acres and acres of land that they build skate parks on, basically. And so people go out there to train on bikes, on rollerblades, on skateboards. Um, They're also giant gymnastics training facilities. Uh, But in one of the giant hangars that they have out there, they invited a bunch of artists to come out and, and put murals and art up around the, uh, the skating facility. And so I was uh, fortunate to be one of the people that was invited. And here you can see me up on that ladder. Uh, this thing was very big and it got very tall. Um, but the character there in the center is wearing underwear. And the inspiration for this is slightly different than what's being expressed in um, the, the, the character we just saw in the Instagram where the, where the pants had been pulled down. And this one is kind of a, a sort of like innocent, you know, innocence and modesty. Um, what I'm sort of warming up for here is that we're going to start sh- at some point in this presentation. And Joellen, now would be a good time to put on earmuffs. But at some point in this presentation, we're going to talk about penises <laughs> and stuff like that. And and uh, Jamie, this is why everybody was tagging you in the Discord because on the last AMA on the Twitter Spaces, we were talking about just really inappropriate stuff, and we know that you love inappropriate. So we're gonna get into a little bit more of it here today. But so, whereas in the past, this character with the winding, twisting arms and the winding, twisting legs might've also had a winding, twisted penis, forgive me, uh, but obviously at a skate park facility where there's people of all ages, it just would not be appropriate to put that on the wall. And so kind of my inside joke to myself was, Instead of putting, you know, this, this cartoon penis on this character, I'm just going uh, to put him in underwear. Um, Joel, let's look at the, the next image for this. I think I have a, a more close-up. Oh, so this is, go back one. I just want to point this out really quickly. So there's a lot of traits. Right now we're talking about underwear, but There are a lot of traits in here that you will recognize from the collection, right? There's a bandage on the arm. Uh, he's holding a knife, there's one sock, um, there's a there's a eye patch. Uh, and even if you look at what I'm painting right there, I'm painting a rabbit. Who would have known that I was such a mystic and a psychic that I could have predicted that 10 years uh from doing that mural that that uh everything that we're doing now would be centered around uh the fluff ecosystem. Um uh, but yet there it is. I, I made a balloon to look like a bunny rabbit. Uh and another boom that a balloon that looks like a bomb. Um, hello hundreds uh but so yeah but so one leg has been inadvertently cut off and so if you're wondering where the other leg is now we can look at the next slide it's gone to the other side of the door and there is the dismembered leg with which is lost its sock so maybe that's maybe that's the beginning of the lore for how we ended up with one sock because there is the other missing sock so there's kind of more of a close-up you can see the eye patch and the ghost So at the time, right, ghost brand was my brand. And so you can see the little character, the ghost character uh, leaving the body, the kind of soul leaving the body as the head's been uh, removed from the body. Um, And oh, and a speech bubble, that's another trait. And so there is a a creative, uh, unexpected take on a speech bubble where the speech bubble becomes a skull uh, in itself. But the underwear is what we're focused on here. Um, I have another example of underwear, John, what do you have? I want to see one more slide from this mural. Yeah, so that just to give you an idea of the scope, there is the mural on the one side with the leg, the dismembered leg on the other side of the door. So just kind of in, incorporating the whole space. Um, we can get out of the Woodward mural and let's go to, oh, there's me signing it. Cool. And yes, there's a mullet for those of you that are, care about those, those things. Um, are let's you bringing look at it the back?
2: Morning. Yes or no? <laughs>
0: Uh, poll, um, Twitter poll, bring back the mullet or not. Uh, okay, so right Randy Spizer, <laughs> she's doing it right now. Randy Spizer is a drug snuggler. Um, he's also uh, a very famous rollerblader and he's a very good table tennis player. He was out at NFT NYC running the tables. He earned a fluff by uh, winning the tournament at the Fluff Social. But so uh, about 10 years ago or more, Uh, When Randy turned 30, I gave him, uh, actually, he gave to me a dunny, you know, a vinyl figure, a blank white vinyl figure um, with the intention of me painting it. And so I did. And I'm going to show you guys what I painted for him, and you'll see why we're talking about it now. Um, Let's bring up the dunny. So this is the. The figure, the, the vinyl toy, once it's been painted. And again, guys, so now we're back. We're still back over 10 years ago. And you can see more traits. The shirt, that shirt says more war. Um, the, you can see the underwear, right? Features prominently on this little dunny. And those shoes that this character are wearing are not shoes at all. Those are actually little rollerblades. Let's look at the next um, image here. So you can see as our character turns around, you can see the anti rocker skates. Uh, obviously, Randy and I uh, share rollerblading in common. Um, you can see the Band-Aid on the arm. That's another trait. Uh, the headphones did not make it in. It's, it was actually something that I considered. The headphones, I think, are fairly ubiquitous as a NFT trait. Uh, most collections will have them. Uh, but for whatever reason, it, it did not make it into our collection. But there's a, a, a special surprise. As you know, I'm always trying to figure out ways to... Uh, do something surprising and unexpected. So the head on this character, character swivels. But rather than paint the back of the head, what I did was I painted another face so that when you turn it around, you actually have a whole new character. And I mentioned that Randy and I have a lot of things in common that we share in common, like the rollerblading. Uh, but at the time, Randy and I also both worked for Paul Frank. Um, and you might recognize that face there on this on this on the other side of the head. But the character for Paul Frank is a sock puppet a sock monkey named Julius and that's basically a stylized version of Julius's face there on the other side of the head um, and uh, and you can see now the other side of the headphones now are the ears for Julius so just kind of a, a clever uh, take on on this dunny and, and making it kind of two dunnies in one and also what were you know you saw the headphones on the other side for the other character. Let's take a look at the next photo. I want to show you what's going on the top of the head here. So this is another trait, right, that we have is caps. We have baseball hats in our collection. And so this character is wearing a baseball hat, um, but that ghost brand logo there on the top of the hat did not make it into the collection. It actually was in early stages I had, that was one of the traits you could get on the hat. But it, we ended up having, we ended up having so many hats because there were so many colors and so many different logos that I decided to use my editorial eye. And so the, the uh, ghost brand logo actually ended up being one that for better or worse did not make it into the, the collection, but you can see it right there. So that was super fun. And again, the underwear guys, you can see, right? This is uh, what's true. of The underwear is true of everything in our collection. None of these things were just, you know, divined when we, when Brooke gave me that fateful call and said, Hey mate, let's do a collection. Uh, I was leaning on years and years of uh, of creative um, output, uh, so that's the Dunny. Um, oh, and there's one thing. So this is the back. That's cute. You can see the little uh, Jamie. Maybe you like this. The little butt crack peeking behind the the sagging underwear. Uh, but so th- you see the band aid on that arm. There is one mystery here that we'll have to try to tap. Uh, try to um, run down Randy. Uh, tag him and see if we can't get him to answer it so you can see on the what's to our right the arm there uh the arm on the left has the band-aid which we just saw the arm on the right has a tattoo on it and you can just see a hint of it and i can't remember what it was uh so now and and in my photos i don't have a good photo of it so i'm curious to know what that tattoo was so maybe randy can if he still has that dunny he can get us a share a photo with us in the Discord so we can see what the tattoo was. Um, and I think that the bubble on the butt, Jamie, to answer a question, uh, in the next photo, the, there's a little bubble on the butt. I think actually the dunny, it's a, it's probably a tail since we're looking at the back. Um, yeah, it's probably a tail, maybe. Or maybe the character's carrying a load in the underwear. Who knows? OK, so the last one. Let's get into the quick <laughs> take. <laughs> because this is when it's all going to uh, start to come together. And this is where we're going to get into some uh, Kevin Quintero ter- territory, because he he talked about all. He talked about taking shits. He talked about uh, getting hard-ons. I mean, nothing is off-limits here. So let's bring up a, our first image from the triptych. So uh, another good friend of mine bought a like one of these kabuki screens or something, a, a room divider, um, and asked me to paint it. And so I did, and I, I, you know, I painted the whole thing white, and then put like newspaper on it, and then whatever. But so there are basically are three panels on this that I painted, and we're going to walk you through each one of these. But you will notice a lot of, you know, my aesthetic is my aesthetic. So there are things here that will look very familiar. The the typeface, right, it looks exactly like our drug receipts typeface, basically. Uh, who really gives a shit? So here is a character taking a shit with a, a cute pink little asshole. Excuse me. Um, and the, the shit is saying something. I can't remember what it's saying. Man, I wish I knew. Maybe you guys can see because it's bigger on your screens than mine. Um,
2: it just says, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's the happy little shit popping out of the the bum. Um, but, yes, Jamie, I always give you a hard time for, you know, whenever I, I pretend to think that things are too inappropriate. But, yes, this is this is kind of my aesthetic. It always has been. And as mentioned in the last AMA spaces, you know, there's probably a, an element of me kind of trying to overcompensate for the fact that I know that our project is provocative in nature. And so I don't want to turn anyone off or make them think that it's all provocative all the time. So I try to uh, tame things down a little bit, but yes, this is who we are. This is who I am. This is drug receipts. Uh, the, the, the mask is off. Who really gives a shit? Um, but so that's just one of the panels. Uh, the next panel, Jamie, watch out, uh, guys, fair warning, but this is going to be uh, mature content. But so the next one is features a character sitting on a toilet, um, taking care of business. <laughs> what are friends for? And I'm not even sure exactly what the expression means here. Like, you know, what? I'm not even going to try and analyze it. Uh, the, the words, just like the images, are meant to be open for interpretation. These expressions, just like they're used in our own collection, are not to meant to be literal. Uh, they are meant to convey feelings. Uh, they're meant to invoke uh, emotions or, yeah, evoke emotions. Um, so, yeah, between the words, between the characters, between the activities, it's all just stuff that's meant to uh, evoke a reaction. Um and then, and this guy's wearing two socks, so we aren't even at one sock yet. Uh, and then the next one, the last one. So if here we can see the full frontal nudity, this cute little character handling his member. Uh, but in the next one, you'll see where it all comes together. We've got a character in underwear, uh, whitey tidies, and it's always whitey tidies, right? Because the whitey tidies are silly uh, and funny, and I like funny. No matter how mature or provocative the themes are, I still always aim for cute and funny. And so even here, in the most uh, offensive and uh, uh, objectionable of all um, categories, right, where this is about suicide, this cute character in the whitey-tidies is doing something uh, completely unconscionable. Um, And I you know, of all the themes that have ever appeared in my work. And I have to tell you that suicide featured very prominently in my work for a long time. In fact, for most of Franco Shade, it's kind of what Franco Shade was about. Uh, was It's why the it's it, even Ghost Brand. It's what Ghost was about. Ghost was, you You can only have a ghost after there's been a death. And so in a lot of the artwork that I used to do for Ghost and Franco Shade, you know, it was people hanging. It was people, it was razors. It was, there was a lot of suicide References and just just like you can see right here, time to unwind. Um, uh, needless to say, I don't feel very comfortable uh, with that line of pursuit anymore. That line of uh, creative pursuit. I, I still I don't uh, I, I won't apologize for any of the work I created at the time, um, and I still stand by kind of like the the emotional sentiment behind it. Uh, I was using suicide as you know just sort of like. The most extreme uh, kind of e- emotional uh, sentiment that you you could make, um, and so that's what it was meant to be. It's kind of like this extreme uh, expression of, of something emotional and intense. Uh, but as I but you know as I said, e- even though I, I won't apologize for having used this kind of imagery, I also won't try to make a case for using it now. I, I just I don't feel comfortable using it. I I don't I I, I don't think that uh, suicide. I don't feel comfortable um, uh, using suicide uh, or re- referring to suicide uh, in my art anymore. So it's something that's been abandoned. There, there is no reference to it in our collection. Um, so yeah, but, but it, is, it is definitely an interesting part of kind of my history. Um, and there you can see, the reason we're talking about now is just because that character is wearing underwear. And also you can kind of see, and let's go to the next one. In this uh, In this entire triptych, kind of it's kind of a triptych it's got photos in between and uh because this is kind of like a photo display also a room divider and so in each one of the photos i also just found interesting you know black and white photos of like siamese twins or conjoined twins you know things like that um which is another thing i've always been fascinated with but uh but here you can see kind of like this this convergence or this sort of this inflection point where you've got the the character uh with the penis uh, but then we've also got the character, you know, we're starting to veer into a kind of uh, modesty where we've got the character with the underwear. Uh, it, actually, the first two characters are nude, right? Asshole and penis. And then the last character has underwear. And now all of our, char- our and now underwear has made it into our collection. So there you go, guys go. A very deep dive on the underwear trait. Now you know a little bit about its history. Um, and I can't wait to see what you guys come up with in your lore and how you try to figure out uh, you know, what kind of stories, uh, to create around the underwear. And I know that we have some underwear trait collectors in the community, uh, again, because they're so rare, they are coveted. Uh, but you know, you can definitely come up with some cool drug wars collections or sets, uh, based around the underwear. And I'll, I'll be very interested to see what you guys come up with. So how's that Jesse? That was a pretty long, deep dive.
2: That was incredible. Uh, My next question is: When are we getting asshole and penis traits in our
0: collection? You know, so I'm using asshole and penis, and I wasn't saying dick really. I think penis, for some reason, is a little funnier. But asshole, I think is funny. Asshole and shit, and I don't like to cuss, but just sort of like talking about that them in that context, just like very matter of factly. I don't know. There's something alluring about that. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't speak like that normally. But in this context, I think that it works.
2: Definitely. Arlo, that was incredible. This has been honestly, this is one of my favorite podcasts we've done. Okay,
0: so there you go. So yes. And and I'm glad that you like that because we have a lot more, right? There's a lot of traits in the collection. So, and then there's a lot of art in my history. So we have a lot of content that we can share with you and kind of take you on these journeys. And explain to you the history behind drug receipts and a lot of the the traits that that we all love
2: so i don't know if you remember on the off the top of your head but how many unique traits do we have in the collection does anyone
0: know don knows wow. we used to know uh when we were closer to mint i i don't recall now uh but you have to remember it gets it gets a little complicated because like you know one sock is a trait but there are also different versions of the one sock so there's the leopard one sock there's the pink, one sock, for instance. Uh, And so each one of those are probably count as traits, even though in terms of lore, we would only be talking about one sock. Um, And I should add, Jesse, since you brought that up, the the reason, just to reiterate, the reason we are talking about lore is because of drug wars. And so all these things that we're talking about in great depth on the AMAs and the podcast, we are also consolidating into written information that will be accompanied with visual uh, content that will be available on our website. So we are making basically a master document or a master uh, where, storing warehouse where we will have all this information uh, for you guys to reference. Um, and just so we have it on record, right? The, the great history uh, associated with drug receipts.
2: Absolutely, definitely. And, and you know, um, Trevor brought up a great point in the Discord or in one of the chats. There's not a lot of projects that can say that they have this kind of history um, embedded with them, you know, some of them, a lot of the projects that are out there right now um, are creating their lore as they go. But I mean, the, the, great thing about drug receipts is that you can, you know, you can look at it from the last 20 years or you can get creative and start looking at, you know, use the information from the hit from the past to write the history of the future, which is what we're all doing right now. So super, super exciting stuff. Um, I'm bullish. <laughs> what can I say?
0: Jesse, why don't you – I'm dizzy from talking so much, and we're about to go into controlled substance, where I'll have to talk a lot more. I'm going to let you sign off uh, for the uh, for the uh, routine checkup, and then we'll move into controlled substance.
2: Yeah, uh, of course. If you're watching this, like and subscribe. Uh, you can find our podcasts on pretty much any large podcast platform or YouTube. Uh, big shout out to Astral Blading and Virgil Normal, who they just did a collaboration pop-up last weekend, and I got this sick shirt. It wasn't out in LA. Um, I didn't get it, but I had a friend that got it for me. But isn't it sick? So shout out rollerblading, because all the things that are coming out of rollerblading right now in this renaissance, uh, drug receipts included in that, is fucking awesome. I'm sorry for cussing but I'm really excited guys just for the future and yeah i want to give a big shout out to selena nftronic top cat roller blazer space cadet 777 b saver um bildo i am don uh miracle and our incredible development team acro arlo um um, um what else? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Joe Ellen. Uh, bullies. Joe Ellen. Bullies only. Um, I'm just looking at the Discord right now, and pretty much anyone. Oh, uh, Lil Pharma, A.K.A. One fluff a Lot. Love it. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for always being a part of our community and making everything just come together. Cause drug Seasons and drug season, is a season huh, y'all. So, and all the snugglers. <clears throat> excuse me. All the snugglers that I missed. Let me get some water. We're not sponsored by
0: them, by the way. That shirt is super sick, by the way. Awesome. Thanks for that, Jesse. Yep. Yeah.
2: Thanks, guys. See you all in two weeks.
0: Okay. So then that means we can move into controlled substance. This is the portion of the show where we will get into some skeptical content. I'll pick a skeptical uh, theme or topic, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, we put it at the end of the show so we can make sure that we get to all of the news items that you are anxious to hear, and we can spend some time with our special guest. Uh, now that all of that is out of the way, we have a little bit of space here and time to devote to some skeptical content. So thanks to all of you that have made it this far and that have stuck around, and uh, we hope that it, we will make it worth your time. Um, you know, it's fitting that Jesse just sort of transitioned us into here. <laughs> uh, bye, Selena. Um, because the inspiration for this, this episode's content comes from a discussion that we were having in the skepticism channel in our discord, uh, as so many of our, our topics do, uh, there are always interesting conversations going on in the skepticism channel. I know that for the, uh, for our podcast episodes, we mine that channel for content. A lot of times, a lot of our great conversations have come directly from the channel. Uh, and we also continue the conversations in the channel uh, once we presented it here but so there was a conversation about the american food supply and uh, jesse had made the comment in the skepticism channel she said why does america commodify food so much that we allow certain substances to be in our ingredients even though they are proven to cause health problems and are banned in some countries and this is going on right now. This is topical because uh, the European Food Safety Authority just recently banned uh, um, banned an ingredient in Skittles, the candy Skittles. Um, the, agree- the ingredient is titanium dioxide, and it's used as like a you know to to whiten uh, food ingredients uh, for the candy. Um, it, it allows them to make the candy like really bright and also uh, the color to be durable, so it won't fade. Uh, but so the the uh, EFSA, the European Food Safety Authority, basically uh, recently banned this. And so someone in California, a, a, uh, a resident in California, sued Mars, the company that makes Skittles candy, and sued them because they claimed that uh, Mars was selling to the American public uh, something that was unfit for human consumption. Um, they said basically that the Skittles contain a toxic ingredient um, that is unfit for human consumption. And what they point to as evidence for that this is the fact that the EFSA has made this um, ruling to ban titanium dioxide. Uh, sorry, just making sure that my... Camera and mics are working. I'm not getting any alert messages. I think we're still good. Um, so this is all very interesting. So what's going on here? Why? Why are? Why does uh, the FDA? Why does the U.S. Food and Drug Administ- Administration allow uh, Mars to include this ingredient that's been banned by the EFSA? And so there's some important things that are uh, that are worth looking into that I think will help get us through this a little bit. Uh, one is just the general conversation surrounding food in general. Uh, food is something that we all need to survive. We all have strong opinions about food. And we all probably have pretty uh, strong feelings about you know what we think is good or bad for us. Uh, and there can be real strong, intuitive feelings associated with it. Um, and there is something that we've discussed before in other conversations about the appeal to nature, bias, but it's this thing where we just, that we have a natural intuition that things that are natural, uh, must be good for us or are better for us than things that are man-made. And for some reason we associate chemicals with being uh, something different than natural, even though (laughs) everything that we consume is, uh, is made up of chemicals. Um, the fact that we each sugar. And if we look at a, a, uh, uh, the ingredients on a label and we see that it has sugar and that makes us feel better than seeing something that has a, you know, a scientific name, uh, you know, like, uh, what's, uh, what's the one that, that everybody has the trouble with, uh, as, aspartame, God dang it. Or why, why aren't you prepared for your show? Uh, but the point is, right, that when you, it is possible to use a scientific-sounding name, and it makes it makes the thing sound more nefarious uh, than having a common, colloquial name like sugar, or just a common uh, use name like sugar. But the fact is, you could just as easily refer to sugar by its chemical name. You could just as easily make up a, uh, a you know, a common, uh, familiar-sounding name for aspartame. As, what do you say? It? I'm looking at all, I'm looking at all the, uh, chats to see if anyone will tell me what this thing is called. Um, but anyway, with an artificial sweetener. Um, and so yes, water is made up of chemicals. We call it water, but you could describe it by its chemical com- uh, uh, components. Uh, wheat is made up of chemicals. We call it, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Trevor, uh, uh, aspartamine. So I was pretty close. I, in fact, I probably was almost mostly there, um. And and so, but in our minds, in our intuitive minds, we just have this feeling that something that is described as a chemical or something that sounds like a chemical is somehow less natural or less good for us uh, than things that we that are sound familiar to us. Uh, in fact, there is a a, a popular uh, uh, communicator of misinformation, a a, a promoter um, of misinformation named uh, uh, Foodbait. And she has made an industry, an entire industry out of uh, kind of this chemical fear mongering. You know, kind of, she's the kind of person who will say, or maybe she has famously said that she won't in, put anything in her body that she can't pronounce. Again, that just sort of exposes this bias against things which, you know, have this bias against things which sound like chemicals. Uh, that's to really say nothing about the actual quality uh of, of the thing being di- digested because you could just as easily come up with a name for some uh chemical sounding component and you could call it you know uh sweetie or yummy or healthy guy um it wouldn't change the chemical component they're just names and that she is just playing on uh internal and innate human biases like the appeal to nature um so anyway so this, Cal- this california resident sued the mars company for including titanium dioxide uh, in their ingredients. Uh, Mars years ago, actually, probably something like four or five years ago, maybe said that they were going to start, uh, uh, working these artificial ingredients out of their products, including the titanium dioxide. Uh, this is another thing that the lawsuit claims as evidence that Mars is up to no good, right? That they know that there is, there are dangerous ingredients in their products and they've been trying to get them out and they just haven't done it yet. Um, So they are being derelict in their duty. They are, you know, they're putting us all in harm's way. Um, But that's not exactly true. Uh, There are a lot of other reasons that Mars uh, could be removing these ingredients from their packaging and from their products that have nothing to do with how toxic they are. In fact, the reason most of these companies are doing things like this is exactly to um, give in to kind of public sentiment and uh, kind of give in to the likes of Food Babe are we spreading this misinformation where people think that they want natural sounding ingredients in their products. Um, and so, just as a response, you know, almost like as a matter of marketing, uh, Mars is probably well served to say, yeah, we're getting rid of titanium dioxide, uh, we're going to replace it with natural ingredient XYZ. Um, so, what does the science say about titanium dioxide? Because certainly there is science surrounding it. So, do we know if it's good or bad? Why did the EFSA uh, ban it? Um, and the fact is, there are lots of uh, agencies and organizations that have taken a look. At, have taken a look at this. In fact, there are other European organizations um, like the UK's, uh, their version, basically of, of the FDA, um, is, is called the. Uh, Food Standards Agency, FSA, and they took a look look at the same data that uh, the EFSA took a look at, the European Food Safety Authority, and they did not come to the same conclusions. In fact, they said that they do not agree with the resolution that the EFSA came to, and uh, in their estimation, um, based on the advice of their scientific advisory committee, uh, they reviewed the EFSA opinion And they said the evidence actually does not support uh, the conclusion that the EFSA reached. And this is similar to what's happened with the American Food and Drug Administration. Um, These other organizations just have not come to the same conclusion that the EFSA came to. So let's talk about what that looks like, or let's go a little bit deeper into what's happening here. So there are different ways of coming up with standards. Um, And the FDA... Uh, in in the U.S., we rely more on probabilities. So we take a look not just uh, at the toxicity of a given ingredient, but we look at what are what is the likelihood that anyone would be would face any adverse uh, risk by consuming it. And so that has to take into account not just the the actual uh, toxicity um, or the or the carcinogenic qualities of the ingredient. But also the dosage and uh, the way that it that it uh, reacts in the human body. So uh, U.S. looks at probability. So if something is uh, exceedingly, or if the chances of something being dangerous are exceedingly remote, then uh, the FDA will likely look at the probability and say that it does not pose a risk uh, to people. Um, certainly at the doses, uh, prescribed for, or allowable in food quantities. Um, and that's another big part of it. So the FDA says, so I've, I've mentioned, uh, I've mentioned food, babe. Um, her real name is, uh, Hari. What is her name? I actually have it in my notes, Vani Hari, AKA food, babe. Um, and there was a, an episode just like this, that comes to mind that happened like, uh, God, almost ten years ago, probably two thousand back in two thousand fourteen. Um, but she made a big deal, and you guys will probably even remember the headlines. But there was an ingredient in Subway sandwiches, in this, in the bread that Subway used for their sandwiches, that was the same chemical that's used in yoga mats, and it was it became known as the yoga mat chemical. And uh, Vani Hari, the food babe, made a big deal in her social channels um, and her, and in her correspondence about subway having this yoga mat chemical in uh in their in their sandwich bread and how disgusting is that and how can that be you know how can you serve people to eat the exact same thing that's in uh, in, in yoga mats and it really plays on our fears and like uh, and, you know and uh, and our you know our intuitive feelings about it because we can imagine what a yoga mat looks like right this this sort of uh thin compressible kind of uh uh um you know you can almost ha- imagine it having the same consistency as kind of like a spongy bread right So in her minds we're thinking yeah so this chemi- this yoga mat chemical like they're using that in the bread and like we're, you know it just sounds so uh, unsavory. Um, and she also you know raised an alarm that there were studies that had shown that um, that uh, the the food mat the yoga mat chemical could cause cancer. Okay, so it turns out, and, and, oh, and by the way, Subway uh, gave in. They, you know, they, they bowed down to this pressure, This and, and, and because it became, you know, it, it captured news headlines. There was this huge outcry. Why is there yoga mat chemicals in the bread? And so Subway took it out. They replaced it with something else. They got rid of it. Um, but wouldn't you know it, the, the, the exact same yoga mat chemical Um, which is commonly used as a whitening agent in uh, cereal flour and as a a dough conditioner in in bread baking, uh, is in hundreds of other products that you can still find in the supermarket today. Um, It's still used by other fast food outlets. McDonald's, Wendy's, they also use it in some of their breads, um, although they may be phasing it out also in response to kind of public outrage. Um, But there's no good reason to take it out of uh, the ingredients. Um, it is simply responding to uh, emotion and fear mongering and chemical fear mongering, um, and there are cases. It is known that this uh, um, that this chemical can uh, cause you know can cause uh, adverse effects. I think in the lungs um, for humans, and maybe it's associated with uh, heightened uh, risk for cancer, but. And this is important. And this is, again, the difference between the FDA standards and the EFSA standards. Uh, the yoga mat chemical uh, is only dangerous as a powder um, and when it's, it, when it's inhaled in large quantities. Uh, the way that it is used in baking is not as a powder, um, and it is, in, it is in such small doses. And once it is baked, it loses any of the uh, carcinogenic qualities. Um, Just the way that it's used in bread is so different than the way that it is used, for instance, as a yoga mat or in the production of yoga mats, that there's just really no um, rational or reasonable connection between the two things other than to say chemical X is used here, chemical X is used here. So therefore, bad. Uh, This must also be bad. the FDA takes into consideration kind of all these parameters and the unique circumstances surrounding them, and they ask: Is the way that this chemical is used in bread dangerous to pose any risk to humans? And it does not. The EFSA has a different standard, so we've the, what we've been describing is kind of this this uh, this uh, deferring to probabilities or this reliance on probabilities. We, we don't just want to know whether the chemical is dangerous or not. We want to know in what doses and in what uses could it possibly be dangerous for humans. And then as it's used in food, does it meet any of that criteria? In the case of the yoga mat chemical, it does not also in the case of, um, the ty- uh, the, the chemical that's used in the, uh, the Skittles, the titanium dioxide, it has also been determined that it's not used in high enough doses or in a way that interacts with the body in a way to be dangerous. But the different standard that the EFSA uses in Europe is not probability, they use possibility. If it's possible that it could cause cancer or if it's possible that uh, that it could cause adverse effects, then that is uh, good enough grounds to, uh, to ban it um, or to not permit its use in food. Um, maybe some people will say, that's great, we don't want to take any chances, uh, but in the estimation of many other uh, food health organizations, that is way too high of a bar, too high of a standard. And then you actually start cutting yourself off from access to things which might otherwise, you know, really help in food production uh, just because, because of some very remote, uh, very obscure uh, concern that that is not really even a concern in the uses um, uh, that the, the food is being, or that the ingredient is being, uh, reviewed or used for, um, just to give you, a, an illustration of kind of the thinking, um, the, the kind of bizarre, far out there, uh, logic that goes into uh food babes thinking but she also made an argument against using microwaves, right? This is another thing where there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of misunderstanding. And again, just sort of in our intuitive sense, it's like, oh, you know, microwaves, like radio waves, that, you know, these things floating around our food, our head, like this could cause cancer. We had a big discussion about um, uh, this in one of our last podcasts when we talked about 5G. But so anyway, so Food Babe is making an argument uh, for why she doesn't use microwaves. And I'm just going to quote a passage from here from her here to give some insight into her mind. But she's uh, referring to an author uh, named Dr. Masaru Emoto. Uh, she says, Dr. Masaru, M- Masaru Emoto, who is famous for taking pictures of various types of waters and the crystals that they formed in the book called Hidden Messages in Water, found water that was microwaved did not form beautiful crystals, but instead formed crystals similar to those formed when exposed to negative thoughts or beliefs. If this is happening to just water, I can only imagine what a microwave is doing to the nutrients, energy uh, of our food and to our bodies when we consume microwaved food. For the experiment, which is pictured above, microwaved water produced a similar physical structure to when the words Satan and Hitler were repeatedly exposed to the water. Now, guys, if this to you does not sound like the definition of insane, and this is the kind of logic uh, that's being used to justify uh, recommending that people do not use microwaves, um, this is the exact same person, you know, the exact same kind of uh, of, of logical prowess that is being brought to bear. Uh, on her opinions for what kinds of chemicals fast food companies should be using in their bread. There's no question that every effort should be be made uh, or every effort should be taken to make sure that our food is safe and fit for consumption. And that's what agencies like the FDA and the EFSA um, are doing. Uh, But people like Babe. Coming in with this nonsense, uh, fear mongering, are not doing anyone any service. Making people scared of chemicals, making people scared of things are, that are perfectly safe for consumption, uh, is just is is uh, a recipe for hysteria, um, and is really not doing the public is not providing a public service of any worth. Um, now, as a, uh, a counter uh, resource to food babe, there is a follow a social media, follow uh, a social media content creator who I follow, who is a great follow. Uh, and her name is, um, food science, babe, not to be confused with food, babe, but food science, babe. And a lot of the information that I've used here in this presentation is based on a really great, like two minute, uh, Instagram post that she put out and she, she is so good at putting out hard hitting uh, uh, evidence-based information, and there is so much misinformation out there around food um, because there's just so much room for food mongering and for our, our intuitive biases to to uh, raise their ugly head. Uh, and so she is constantly busy uh, responding to all the bad information that's out there. So I definitely recommend looking up food science, babe. Um, in fact, I will even post a link to the the particular. Um, content that I'm referring to right now in our Discord, Uh, but she addresses the Skittles lawsuit directly. It's a great uh, two-minute takedown that explains it, um, and uh, I just can't recommend her content highly enough. Okay, so there you go. There's a a quick little skeptical conversation on food safety, on uh, uh, chemical phobia, fear-mongering, and just kind of good the difference between good and bad sources of information. Uh, by all means, uh, do your own research. Look into these things. Don't take my word for it. Uh, go back to original sources. See what the FDA actually has to say about these things. Um, see what the how the EFSA comes up with their standards. Uh, look at what the, uh, um, the Food Standards Agency in the UK has to say about it. Uh, it's all interesting stuff. And the truth is out there if you have the the time or the patience or the wherewithal uh, to look for it. Um, Hopefully, some of the things we've discussed here will help you in your navigating the information out there Um, because it can be tricky sometimes. It's real easy to get taken in by bad information. But as long as we keep honing our skeptical skills more and more, we will become better, more responsible, more well-informed consumers of information and less likely to fall for the hysteria from purveyors of uh, commentators like the food babe. Uh, guys, 10.09, that's a good two hours, right? That we put in, great content. So some really interesting stuff. Uh, what a wonderful guest, Kevin Cantero. Thank you so much for Kevin coming on and sharing his extraordinary story with, with us and his extraordinary work. Can't wait to follow the development uh, of his career. Um, and uh and some news updates uh and how about the drug inspector i can't wait to see you guys posting all the derivative content that you come up with your your new access to your drug receipts uh, um uh, creative content and i'll be looking for some transparent pngs in the discord as you guys start downloading your content um always love getting skeptical talk hope you guys found that worthwhile And if you're still here with me if i'm still connected i'd like to say thank you to all of you drug snugglers you guys make it all worth it you keep us energized uh you breathe such life into the project and i can't wait to continue these conversations with you in the discord and in the amas um it really is it's an open conversation back and forth and i uh, i get so much out of the the collaboration um love you all uh i snug the heck out of you drug snugglers um Follow our socials, at Drug Receipts on Twitter, at Drug Receipts on Instagram. Um, we have a uh, a YouTube channel, Drug Receipts. If you're listening to this on an audio podcast, make sure you check out the YouTube version where we show all of the great vid- visual content. And we definitely packed a lot into this episode. Um, check out last week's, or last Tuesday's AMA for more insights on all the drug traits lore that we went into. Uh, give us a like um, and subscribe if you're not already already subscribed. Guys, thank you so much. I think that's going to about wrap it up for tonight. We'll see you on the next one. And in the meantime, we'll catch you in the discords. Uh, Bye, drug snugglers. Bye, everybody. Thank you.